White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo, Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello and welcome in to this episode, episode 345 of Locked On White Sox. I am your host, Chris Tannehill, and we are brought to you today by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. This is part two of a two-part episode. You're going to hear a lot of this this offseason, these multi-part episodes where we get a chance to talk to you guys on the email and voicemail and really explore bigger picture, long-form topics. I like this part of the season because... Although we don't like that the Sox are not in the postseason, we like exploring these topics and really getting into the heart of the conversation where we're not interrupted, we're not uh, breaking down a game and, and talking about things immediately right in front of us. We're talking about the future of the Chicago White Sox. I really enjoy these shows. So here we are. This is part two of our discussion yesterday. Big picture free agency topics. And now we turn it over to you guys and let you guys ask more of the questions and get your voicemails out of the way. So without any further ado, Herbie, should we open up the bag? Let's do it. A lot of emails. We're going to try to get to some. There's another email. I love email. We love emails, too. Oh, we need your emails. We need them to breathe this offseason, folks. You guys came through big time when I solicited these last week. You guys came through. We need you to keep up the momentum, keep up the intensity with the emails. Whenever you, something pops in your mind, a roster acquisition, a trade, hit hit us with it, man. LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Sorry, Herb, that's your part. But how can they hit us up on the voicemail? 312-566-8727, 312-566-8727 for your voice messages. All right, Mike Victor checking in, one of our longtime listeners. Hey, guys, been a down week after the brutal display against the Astros. I won't rehash more of the reasons for you guys. Was able to hear the postgame show for the brief highlight of the postseason. You guys were outstanding. Oh, thank you. Uh, I was hoping Jerry will open the wall this offseason, and Rick trades Andrew Vaughn. I think his value will be sky high, and he is at best, a part-time player if the Sox go out and sign another right fielder. Anyway, thanks for the pods during my early morning commutes this season. Talk soon. That's Mike Victor. All right, we briefly touched on it in yesterday's episode, but our, our guy, Patrick Nolan P. Knowles, uh, posed mm-hmm. this out on Twitter, and uh, maybe I should find some of these uh, replies here. It's pretty Ugh. funny. Uh, a lot of pearl clutching, and God mm-hmm. forbid you mentioned trading one of your top assets, uh, but Patrick Nolan put it out there in Twitter sphere last week. Uh, Patrick Nolan, of course, writes for he's an editor for Sox Machine, and he tweeted this out uh, about Andrew Vaughn. Uh, here we go. I think the White Sox should explore trading Andrew Vaughn right now. He's a right-handed platoon bat on a team with enough of that profile. Agreed. There's a good chance he'll develop into more, which is exactly why the White Sox can trade him. Proven guys are worth more right now. P. Knowles, I could not have said it any better uh, ourselves, and we said it many times during 2021 and probably before that as well. I think uh, bringing Andrew Vaughn aboard in 2021, I think that was one of the big missteps from this roster. When you look at the way things shook out, he was pretty much a non-factor in in the postseason in the final month of the year. Maybe when you could have secured home field advantage, he 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 was 
as cold as can be. I'm not saying he's, he can't be a good player, and I was so impressed with him at times, especially stepping in the role of Eloy in left field there and never playing above A ball. And I, I tip my cap to the young man, but this is about rings and banners, man. And some of the replies to this, uh, people were, were very angry. You re, you replied, and uh, you know, of course, being on the right side of history, um, commending him for his quote unquote unpopular opinion. Um, but there, there was just a lot of just like, how could you after Penal's tweet here? But I think we're both in the same camp here. That that is one of your best assets right now. He impressed a lot of people this season. But if you can get better. In some of the areas where you're deficient, I think you absolutely have to explore the possibility of trading Andrew Vaughn. And I, and I quite frankly, I think Rick Hahn, he's known to make some shocking moves at times. And the White Sox are known to shock you. And especially w- with guys that are fan favorites and guys who you think, you know, even Eloy, you know, I don't know if they would trade Eloy, but something I think Rick Hahn's going to make a, a, a drastic move in the eyes of White Sox fans. It's not a drastic move in the eyes of how baseball business is done because we've seen top prospects go for proven commodities all the time but I, I think Andrew Vaughn is a prime candidate to go if trading Nick Madrigal didn't shock you guys or you didn't understand what the, what they were doing here then you shouldn't be surprised when you hear Andrew Vaughn's name out there in a, in a trade scenario so I, I know we bro- broached it yesterday her but yeah I am I'm all in on making this team better at any cost and I know Jose Abreu's getting older and but if you cannot find a first baseman to replace Jose Abreu, just don't run a team anymore. Sell the team. <laughs> you know, I don't know how much Andrew Vaughn truly, truly helps you in your championship window. Yeah, I mean, he might be good. I don't know. That's I, that's the point. Be, we can't be. I don't know. We can't be shrugging our shoulders. Like you tell me, if you're out there right now and you're an Andrew Vaughn uh, serialist and you love Andrew Vaughn, you think he'll be the I even uh, added myself right there. The <laughs> stuff, because I know Tegna doesn't want it, doesn't want me to be swearing all the time. Sorry, Tegna, I, I won't be playing your damn game. I know you, you think he's going to be the stuff. Tell me he's going to be the stuff in 2022. If he's going to be the guy that you project him to be next year, I'll keep him. And if I saw that in him, I'll keep him. But if there's a deal to be made, getting this team in 2022 better, and sacrificing Andrew Vaughn, well, I'll make it again. The same thing with the Nick Madrigal move. I was all aboard with that move. Hey, it's tough to lose Nick Madrigal. He'll be a singles machine. He'll be on base all the time. He'll be up the middle for the Cubs probably in the next 10 years. But it's a second baseman. You can easily replace that, and he wasn't going to help this team. Rick Hahn went out and got a guy that was supposed to help this team. The results weren't favorable. I'll do that deal again 10 out of 10 times, no matter the results. The same thing if they got a guy that's available that's going to help the 2022 Sox and make the Sox better next year, Andrew Vaughn might have to leave. I don't know if there's an untouchable player on this team. As far as I go, Tim Anderson is probably the only untouchable player, not only because of how he plays, it's because of his meaning to the team and the South side and the culture. Could you imagine what happens if they – took Tim Anderson away from this team, how lifeless they would oh be. Like you saw it at times, man, for what, for whatever reason, like that's another thing too. This, this team's going to have to learn to play if TA's not hitting, you know, cause it's baseball. A guy's going to go through a stretch where he's not hitting and playing well. You're going to have to learn to overcome that here. But yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly, man. Like no one has ever won a ring without having to make a tough decision, you know, with, with trading a guy that, that the fan base loved. And it's time to, 
you know, I don't even know if you call Andrew Vaughn a prospect anymore because you've seen him the entire season, but it's time to stop the, with the prospect hugging. You know what I mean? So if, if you can get better, if you can acquire a, a top-of-the-line starting pitcher for, you know, a short period of time, I, I think you do that. If you can finally fill that right field black hole, I think you do that. And, and Andrew Vaughn, uh, ultimately, he's just a guy that, you know, if Tony's not going to play him or trust him, what what good is he here? You know, and, and I think he's going to be a really good hitter, and he's shown – his value, you know, he's so valuable. Like he could be uh, the the next Chris Bryant. Maybe not as athletic, but in terms of a guy who can play two outfield positions, maybe get better at third base, play first base. Like I think that's not totally off the table. Like he won't do it at the level of Chris Bryant, but that's a guy that can provide um, a, a valuable piece to uh, an organization that's uh, you know maybe not trying to win right away and can, can afford to wait for him to develop a bit more. So uh, thank you, Mike, for checking in. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by rockauto.com. You know, there's so many different makes and models of automobiles these days. It's become impossible for your local chain store or auto parts store to stock all the parts your car is ever going to need. So why endure the pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? Well, I don't know. Uh, you wait till the person behind the counter orders the parts that only their computer has, choosing only the brands that their warehouse happens to carry. Why would you put yourself through that when you have a computer with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket it's your phone it's right there pick it up look at it right now see the thing with rockauto.com is not only will you save time but you'll also save money as well why choose to spend 30 percent, 50 percent, or even twice as much for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership for an example you're looking for a fuel pump right it's about 353 dollars from a chain store only 216 from rock auto rock auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers and people like me and you for over 20 years their prices are always reliably low for every customer, do-it-yourselfers, and professionals alike. They've got everything you can need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even brand new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And do us a favor, won't you? Write Locked On in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Uh, next one is from Alex. Alex writes this, Hi, fellas. Well, a disappointing way to end the year, but honestly, this will do good for the Sox. A slice of humble pie to make them more eager to chase the big score. Now, some would say it's too early to talk free agents, but it's never too soon to think about how they can improve. And I've come up with a couple names for the lineup that I'd love to hear your thoughts on. Chris, I 100% agree with you on Kimbrel. He has a habit of struggling when he first gets to a new club. He doesn't need to be ditched. He needs... Time to settle into his role. I'd be willing to bet that September 22 Craig looks wildly different and much better than September 21 Craig. Having said that, the three positions the Sox can most improve, in my opinion, is right field, starting pitching, and second base. Though, let me be clear, I don't buy into the hate Caesar has gotten. He's been the defensive improvement we needed, just wasn't able to put the pieces together on offense. I would not hate to see him back, but if improvement can be made, there's no reason not to uh, so far very sound logic email here from alex mm-hmm. it sounds like i i this is like i ghost wrote it for 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 alex here uh here's his wish list right field we desperately need a quality full-time right fielder platooning okay players is not going to cut it in the playoffs looking at the free agent list many options including charlie blackman what do you think herb charlie blackman <laughs> <laughs> no. no, I'm a I'm a pass on Charlie Blackman. Uh, you you if you had a chance, you would have made that deal this past year, and I don't think he's going to get better. Uh, he's uh, older uh, than you think he is. Uh, yes, yeah, he's like in his mid thirties. Uh, yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, and you know the, the the away from Coors Field factor and what that means. Uh, Michael Conforto, who I mentioned, that would be a very White Soxy thing to do. I wouldn't love that move, but if you I could see him improving 
And if he provides a little bit of balance to your lineup from the left side, like I wouldn't hate that. A change of scenery. Chicago is not New York, you know, so maybe it's a little more of a soft land, softer landing spot for Conforto. But it wouldn't be number one on my list, but I like where your head's at. Avisail Garcia. You ever see him <laughs> play Herb? <laughs> <laughs> Are, are, you, oh. are you physically recoiling at the at the thought of Avi Garcia I mean, back? I mean, people know that's my guy when he was here, but no, let's not go backwards. He's not the <laughs> finished product that we. If he was the guy that we thought he would be, maybe, but no, he, he's he's pretty much the same guy who left the team uh, a couple of years ago. That's not me. Uh, he had one good year, I think, uh, with Tampa. Yeah, and then pretty much he's been, you know, mostly bad. No glove, Avi. But so he never turned into Mini Miggy, as they said. Like, how about those comparisons early on oh, for a my. youngster? I, I, you know, I, I, we're all guilty of that. Maybe uh, we saw it, we could see it from where we were at. But oh god, you know, w- w- watch it when you're talking about Miguel Cabrera, yeah. future Hall of Famer. It's, uh, it's real <laughs> tough. I mean, he. I mean, Venezuelan kind of big can hit to all fields. Yeah, I get it, but also <laughs> calm down. Um. That's uh, yeah. Our thoughts from 2012 surfacing this offseason. All right, um, another power bat uh, to the lineup that I would like Nicholas Castellanos. So we mm-hmm. mentioned that yesterday. Can't hurt for a team that's been somewhat lacking in the long ball this season compared to 2020. We covered that yesterday. We like where your head's at. That's our number one choice for right field. I know the defensive deficiencies, but that's a guy who I would love, love, love to have just because the dude's a, a, a freaking gamer, man. Uh, starting pitching. This is Alex's wish list here, responding to what we said yesterday. With Rodon a free agent and Dallas Keuchel continuing to be disappointing, the Sox should take the opportunity to upgrade with a dependable left-handed starter. With great options exist like Clayton Kershaw and Kevin Gaussman, I would sign the one lefty we played this year that absolutely dominated the Sox. We talked about him yesterday, Herb. Left-handed pitcher Robbie Ray. Just like Liam Hendricks, taking someone who did so well against us and making him a lethal weapon in our starting rotation seems like a sound option. Yes, Herb and I mentioned this yesterday. Uh, we love the idea. We don't know if the Sox would open up the checkbook for him. We don't know even if what he's doing is a, a real thing. It could be a guy in a, in a walk year. Just uh, just outperforming his his career expectations, and we don't know if it's sustainable. But we do know one thing, Herb, is that stuff played last year against anybody, mm-hmm. anytime, any place, and that's what you need. That's that's Carlos Rodon with with more upside right there as a guy who can have that stuff anytime, any place. Take him on the road in a game one, and I'm not even so sure about the game one starter. I may go back and and put Lucas back there. He's my opening day starter. Well, while we're on this, the subject here, in mm. case it never comes up, what do you think about that in 2022? Lucas Giolito, 2022 opening day starter in baseball. What do you think about that? Uh, no, I wouldn't do it because I don't think he's our best pitcher. Okay. He did pitch that way down the stretch in the second half, had a lot of strong starts, but I'm still giving it to Lance Lynn. He's still the guy until proven otherwise. I think he's... Probably top five in Cy Young with Carlos Rodon's probably going to be in there. I don't know if they're going to penalize him for missing all those starts and not pitching like the guy who showed up uh, up until July. But I think those two guys are going to be top five. So you got to give a guy who's on a top five and coming off what a top 10 last year in Lance Lynn being the ace of the staff where Lucas good in the second half won't even probably get any Cy Young votes for this year, even though his season is probably comparable to the season he had in 2019. Yeah, I think it would be mostly ceremonial when I say opening day starter because he's a guy that's been here the longest. And I think, you know, the, the way those two guys ended this end of the 2021 season, I, I think Lucas was the, the better option there. But, yeah, hopefully they have someone 
more dominant there to, to make that opening day start there. But uh, I, I mean, just pushing everybody down. Yeah. Making Michael Kopech like a fifth starter yeah. would be like the shit. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, so <laughs> uh, lastly here from Alex, uh, well, I don't feel Caesar did a bad job at second base. I feel we can absolutely upgrade at the position. I recommend Boston shortstop Jose Iglesias to slide into the second mm-hmm. base role full time. He's an offensive improvement to Caesar. Oof, that's really a shot right there. Uh, Glacius being an offensive improvement over anyone, uh, and so, get, he yeah. only made 500k in salary this season. He could have gotten, he could be gotten at a better price than other options like Marcus Simeon. So uh, that's Alex's wish list at second base. Look, here's the thing: like if you can get Glacius, I love watching that guy play, man. Just oh, always smooth as hell. Yeah, always been a top-notch defender. That's a gamer right there, also. A guy that's not going to make the same mistakes and just a better defensive option than Caesar. But maybe what you can do there, you know, Caesar can't play the outfield like Leori, but I think Leori's probably gone. Um, so you you need someone that's going to be like an additional infielder. I don't know what you're going to do with Danny Mendick, but maybe if you have to keep Caesar Hernandez on the team with his with his contract, he's still going to be on the payroll. And if you if you can't move him, maybe you just put him as a a, a bench guy. Uh, and you could put Iglesias at second base, and you know you're really sacrificing a lot of power there. But he's going to make absolutely all the plays. And and I don't know, you know, just uh, quick reaction here. I don't know how many uh, games he's played uh, at second base over his career, but I'm guessing he can make the adjustment. Um, but yeah, I, I like played 21 games at second base. Okay, yeah. So so he's done it enough recently. So yeah, I like that move. I, I love that idea there by Alex. All right, what do you say we? Uh, Pivot. Oh, sorry. What do you think about that? I know you you like him as a player, but uh, yeah, really like him as a player. I'm looking at his stats. I mean, he's never won a Gold Glove, which is a big time upset. Maybe the Flash is a lot of the things we see on the sports shows, but there's a lot of errors in between there because I do see him making a bunch of errors that somebody of his talent with his uh, hand eye coordination and his vision shouldn't be making errors, and that probably comes of trying to be too flashy and trying to be too uh, showman, which, you know, when he does do a play that's deep in the hole and he's like doing an underhand throw to the second baseman, it's just brilliant. It looks great. It's what baseball is all about. Shades of Omar Vizquel without, you know, the consistency at uh, the position. So And some yeah. of the other stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now that we know, friends. Um, I wonder if that's a, a – a, a byproduct of range too, like what you see the errors. You get to more balls, yeah. so you get more errors. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, I, maybe. I, I mean, but like this guy's got way too much talent to make seventeen errors uh, this year, past year with the Boston. Well, I mean, was combined uh, stats. He's fifth in the league in that. That's way too much. He's yeah. way too talented to do that. So, yeah, second base maybe a little less of a grind than shortstop. So he can play second base for me. I would love him. I don't know if I want him one fifty tough but as a guy that's on your team that's coming off the bench maybe and i don't know if he signs for that you can probably find a, a nice place either a shortstop or a second base situation that he can start at if he wants um yeah i'm trying to see if if his uh, bad defensive season in 2021 if uh if that was uh, an outlier season here when you when you look at some of the things that that he did uh you know you look at his fielding he, you know you, you said he's got the yeah, it was it six, 16 errors in uh, in 2021, as you said. And in 2020, obviously, he just had the one error in, in limited time. 
um, nine errors in 2019. So you have to go back to 2015 where he had 11 errors. So, you know, this is mostly a guy who's pretty consistent uh, with the glove. Uh, but, yeah, why so many damn errors in the one season there? I don't know what's going on. I mean, uh, most of them are attributed to his time with the Angels. Yeah. And the Angels are just really messed up. When he got to Boston, wasn't that many games. He only made one error, though. Yeah. All right. Some more of your phone calls next here on Locked on White Sox. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Bet Online. They're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season and even more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you sign up at Bet Online. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. Just taking a look at the early lines here for the Bears matchup against Tampa Bay this Sunday, 325 kick. Bears are 13 point dogs on the road against the world champs. Over under set at 47. So if you want to make a play on that one, Bears and Bucks, you can head on over to Ben Online and get in on the action. And with basketball season tipping off soon here, our Bulls over under on win total set. You can make a play on that one. 43 and a half is the number. Right now, 43 and a half. The over is sitting at minus 120. Under 43 and a half is at minus 110. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. And now back to more locked on White Sox. Uh, let's get to the voicemail here, Herbie three one two five six six eight seven two seven. That's three one two five six six eight seven two seven. Let's see, who we got checking in from the eight one two. What's up, Chris? Love the show. This is Ed Perkins calling from Fishers, Indiana. Um, originally from East Chicago, Indiana. Longtime Sox fan. My concern is Each one with more. the leadership on the White Sox team. I know Jose Abreu and T.A. has been splitting that duty. And, you know, I think they do a great job outside of a couple of things. One major thing that needs to be addressed is Jose Abreu refusing to take days off and also refusing to wear an elbow pad on that left arm. It's getting out of control. He's the grandpa on the team now. He got hit, what, 22-plus times this year, and I think over the course of the season, that definitely played a role in him not being able to swing the bat as hard as maybe he could have. Let's just be honest. I mean, I'm sure the man has developed some type of scar tissue or just some very bad issues with that alone. I think someone needs to step up in the team, on the team, whether it be coaches, the staff, or T.A. himself, someone needs to address that. Going into next year, he needs to know that if he gets hit and he refused to take a day off or whatever, someone needs to get into his head that that's something that needs to be dealt with. I don't care if he don't want to wear a sleeve. Someone give him a Captain America shield to put on, something. And uh, the one thing that needs to be addressed with T.A. is he has to start running those bases. He has to start running those bases. He has the speed. He has the skill set to get those bases stolen, and he needs to do that more so. We already know he can hit the ball. He's the leader on our team doing that, I think. 
And uh, I feel like if we address those two things, Jose Abreu either needs to take a day off after getting deemed hard, and T.A. needs to run those bases. That's all I got to say. I want to hear what you guys have to say. Thank you for the time. Rackham, very, very solid call there and issues we had talked about. The the Abreu thing, man, I I totally get it. That seems to me like the most preventative measure you could possibly take. You see all these other guys going up there, you know, with the basically an Iron Man suit uh, out there protecting them and Jose out there with nothing. I could totally see a situation there where, you know, he he gets hit, you know, in the uh, in the elbow, and maybe get some nerve damage in there, and you know, all of a sudden that that's you know he's on the shelf for a long time. To me, I don't see why you wouldn't do that. That seems like such an easy adjustment, and I know he's a very stubborn guy. You know, mm-hmm. he wants to play every day, and he doesn't want to be told what to do. He's a gamer, uh, but I think you know maybe after being hit so many times in 2021, he'll be open to the conversation. At least I hope he would be. Um, I don't know if he would be, and. I don't know if I would want him to like, yeah, I want him to be safe and protected like anybody, but it's all about the mental as our guy Yogi bear once said, baseball is 90% mental. The other half is physical. You need to know that, Hey, I'm comfortable up here. I'm not feeling this bulky thing on my shoulder or my elbow. He's been playing baseball for 30 plus years. Probably he understands his body. He understands how it feels and how he wants to feel in the batter's box. Remember when um, Chicago banned smokeless tobacco? You think he's going by that? You think he's abiding by that? No, he's enjoying himself some some dip because this is how he gets ready for baseball. I'm not a fan of it, but that's how he loves it. You know, there was that was a routine established and no bullshit ass rules going to get Jose to stop doing what he does he likes and his freedoms is what you're saying exactly you know <laughs> he's america's the land of the freedom he's not wearing no damn mask um so he needs to feel comfortable if he feels comfortable he he he's open to it hey let me do it for the first month see how i feel about it and if my numbers are not good which they won't be because they april i'll take it off and do what i need to do i would think he would be open to that just a little conversation but I don't know. The man, it seems like he is stubborn and he wants things like he wants things. And that's why he plays every day. That's why he doesn't want to DH ever, ever. And that's why he improved his defense. So they wouldn't even have that conversation of him moving to designated or because he wants to keep his routine as long as he can. I wonder if that's a big part of why you haven't seen the decline yet. And I know uh, guys who play a lot, they, they tend to wear down quickly. But I think, you know, the fact that he's out there every day, he doesn't have time to, to, to have the skills regress. He doesn't have time to think about uh, maybe, maybe maybe my time is up here. You know, I, mean, I wonder if that how much of that is part of it. But I think there is some value into getting him a little bit more rest. Like they're just going to have to – he's going to have to be a good teammate. We talked about Eloy being a good teammate and, and playing a DH once in a while. But Jose's going to have to realize that – that this team now more than ever needs him to be ready in the postseason. And, and he's still, you know, it w- was there and he was healthy and available for you other than him getting sick there uh, early on. You didn't know what you were going to get, so maybe that affected him this postseason. But, yeah, I, I, I think you have to have those conversations with him and you have to make him understand, look, man, one, you know, you catch one, one more, you know, hit by pitch 23, and all of a sudden you're on the shelf for a couple of weeks. Do you do you really want that? You know, this guy's barely on the on the IL ever, so maybe you can talk it in some sense into him that way. And as far as TA running more, 
I hmm. don't love that. I, I think we saw the Astros running wild in the postseason because they could and also taking the extra base in the postseason. Yeah, there was more of an impetus on that. But during the regular season, I don't want TA out there on, on the base uh, on the base pass. Get out there, you know, getting picked off. You know, <laughs> get the little fleece out there getting picked <laughs> off. But 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 ultimately, I don't uh, want him out there getting hurt. You know, like I don't think that's a necessary thing for TA's game to go out there and, and try to swipe second base. You know, like I, I just don't. I, it's not a big part of the the game anymore for me anyway because there's too much uh, risk involved. And you're talking about preserving guys for the postseason. I think that type of stuff uh, can really wear a, a guy down over the course of the year, especially with what he brings at the top. There's already so much importance on him. That's the last guy I want there. You know him and Luis Robert. I don't want them trying to steal a lot. What, where are you at on uh, the, the 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 approach that these guys should be maybe trying to swipe some more bases along the way? I, I, I hate the concept personally. Yeah, I don't like it for multiple reasons. Firstly, it's not putting you in a better situation unless you're what the number is like 85 or 75 percent successful. It takes a lot for you to be that successful at stealing bases. And I don't know if it's worth it. I mean, we have what Whit Merrifield down there with the Royals. He steals a lot of bases and that team in general steals a lot of bases. What's it doing for him? You know? putting their players in jeopardy of getting hurt. And that's the second reason I don't like running the bases. Most of these base dealers slide head first. You're using your hands and your wrists there. And I know they got those wrist guards and such, but still you're out there using the thing that makes you money the most, your hands and your wrist. And you're putting it in the way of cleats, getting stepped on, stubbing it on the base. Just a lot of dumb things. I mean, ask Chris Bryant has had multiple injuries sliding to first base. Yoan Mankata missed the whole game when he's trying to slide headfirst into third base. You know, these are unnecessary risk for a team that should be, you know, not hitting the ball on the ground. With all the players that they have, the ball should be in the air. So we should stay out of double plays more so that would alleviate the reasons for running the bases there. So, yeah, I am a favor of hitting home runs. I don't care about running the bases at all, except for, like, you know, once once the ball is hit, going from first to third with ease, going from first to home with these type of stuff, but not putting them in danger of stealing a base and getting a minimal re- re- reward for a maximum risk. I hear that, man. All right, looks like we're out of time. We still got a couple great callers, uh, you know, loaded up for tomorrow's show or Thursday's show, whichever comes first. Um, we've got Joe in Plainfield and our guy Mark from Litchfield Park uh, is on, on deck here. So we'll get to those later on in the week. Uh, plenty of time. We can really stretch our legs in the off season here, but uh, that's all I got today. Hoping to hear from Rick Hahn this week. And uh, yeah, man, that's all I got today. Herbie. That is Chris Tannehill at Chris Tannehill on Twitter. Me, Herb Lawrence, Ecknerwall 23. That's Lawrence spelled backwards. And our show is at locked on socks on Twitter, Instagram. And thank you for making locked on socks. Your first listen every day. Locked on socks is free and available on all platforms, including locked on socks on YouTube. Go there and subscribe. Hit the notifications bell so you can see when we drop these videos on that site. So for Chris, my name's Herb. Thank you for joining us on Locked on Socks.